Hey everyone, it's Sensei Victoria Whitfield here, your journey partner in business, welcoming you back to episode 168 of the Journeypreneur podcast. This is your source for channel holistic stress management techniques, guidance, inspiration, and motivation from the best to stay on your path to rapid financial ascension and massive impact as a conscious entrepreneur. And today I have the pleasure of getting to introduce you to my good friend, Melanie Weller. She is an incredible medical visionary, cosmic Vegas nerve goddess. <laughs> like the work that she is doing is so incredible. And I, I can't wait to get to share her story with you. You can find her at embodyyourstar.com. Melanie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Victoria. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I, that's your. This is my favorite introduction ever. Cosmic Vegas nerve goddess. Like, yeah. Hands down, that's the best introduction I've ever had. <laughs> well, it's true. Oh my gosh, the more that I learn about you, the more I'm like, oh my god. Like it's one brain gasm after another. And I had to. I had to share your work here. So I know you're amazing, and you know I'm amazing. We know each other. Absolutely, yeah. And so with that, though, this may be the very first time that someone is getting to hear about you, see you, right, or learn about all of the awesome stuff that you do in the world. So if you could, in your own words, please tell us exactly what it is you do and especially what are the three things that you're known for. Could you tell mm. us? Yes. Well, so in conventional terms, I'm a physical therapist and I've done that for about 25 years. And uh, I was an athletic trainer before that. So I've had I've a about 30 years of experience of my hands on people's bodies. And uh, I, uh, I suppose the deep truth of it is that I help people line up on a cosmic scale. <laughs> but my clinical expertise <laughs> is in treating the vagus nerve as a pinched nerve. And so that vagus nerve compression is uh, uh, and I, I've branded myself around that and being a stress management expert for many, many years. So that's usually the entry point where people f find me. Um, I am also known for how we embody our businesses, how our businesses live in our bodies uh, and stress and like relationships live very prescriptively in our bodies and our bodies our businesses are an expression of ourselves. And so I help people align that still rooted in the vagus nerve but bridging uh out a little further with that and uh the thing that i uh am increasingly known for and that i would really love to be uh to lead with in the long run is how our the cosmos is coded into us because the only rule we ever follow is as above so below and that there's really a whole science to this that I, has been really lost in our modern age. This is endlessly fascinating. <laughs> it is for me too. <laughs> I love it. It's really, <laughs> no, I know. I could talk about it all day long. But, but, and I think that the lack of a cohesive cosmology is really fundamentally the reason for all of the ills of our time that we have no way to connect the different dots of our lives and to have things make sense across all dimensions. And that includes the scientific dimension and the spiritual dimension. Like I, the, we treat them all as mutually exclusive or as disparate pieces and they are not. And this is, you know, I feel like this is kind of the, the, the theory of everything at some level this is just, this is the, I, what I, for me, when working with, individuals about this, the, the only words I have for it, because it blows me away all the time, is that it's like speaking to your body in its original language. Mm. Take me into that, please. Like, I need to know, uh, unpack that a little bit more for our sure well all right so we'll do this backwards from how i usually do podcasts so we'll start with the cosmology and work down to the vagus nerve <laughs> <laughs> so anatomy or uh, well i'll say mythology among many things was a mode of tr 
communicating scientific information. So for example, the numbers of the Earth's processional cycle are in the Egyptian myth of Isis and Osiris. And there are other major myths from other cultures that have the same numbers in them. They were quite liberal with the decimal points, but the story was how they communicated the cosmology, which we know they well understood. And when I learned this, I was in the throes of my own midlife crisis, and I had stepped back from my practice to figure out how I needed to show up because I was part, part of it was the challenge was reconciling my vast amount of credentials and academic knowledge with my soft skills. <laughs> and, uh, and so when I read that I had two things really, uh, came out of that in very short order. The earth right now is at a 23 and a half degree tilt. And my first thought was, oh, what's 23 and a half degrees from the midline of the body? Because PTs do everything from midline of the body, or that's, a, you know, a, a, one of the foundations of rehab. And in all of my anatomy books, and I've had the chance to look at some real skulls since, where your vagus nerve exits your skull is... 23 and a half degrees from the center of where your spinal cord exits. And the tilt of the earth changes over thousands of years. It goes from like 21.1 to 24.5. And that's about the angle of that relationship. You know, that axial tilt goes between what's called the foramen magnum where your spinal cord comes out and the jugular foramen where your vagus nerve comes out. And I know just from my biomechanical knowledge that normal rotation between your first and second cervical vertebrae is 47 degrees to each side. So it's twice that 23 and a half. And there's 47 degrees between the pole stars that our earth points towards over thousands of years. And our left tracheo, average left tracheobronchial angle is 47 degrees. And our anterior cruciate ligaments sit in an average of 47 degrees. And normal rotation at the foot is 23 degrees. And so, uh, you know, I could rattle off a whole bunch of angles just because I uh, I'm good at collecting facts. <laughs> and so the, uh, you know, and so, and I recognize over having years and years of experience and people that weren't getting better because that's really been my, was my core population for the bulk of my career. You know, if you, if no one else figured you out, you ended up in my office or, or at the practice where I was working, you know, they found me no matter where I lived. <laughs> and you know, and I'm so grateful because I've learned so much, but I recognize that these relationships are ones that are very, like they're sticking points in people that have unresolved pain issues. The next place it went, so one of the things that I had done for myself as, as my own life was falling apart. And I'll just say it like I, uh, my marriage was struggling. I, my physical body was falling apart and I had a professional lawsuit brought against me. And so it was like, things were crumbling from all sides and, you know, and, and it was a big deal. Like I, you know, I was like, who am I and what am I supposed to do <laughs> with this? Because and like, and if I lose my license, what am I gonna do with the rest of my life? And the, um, the good news is all of those things resolved. <laughs> And so like, to me, like, this is really the power of this whole alignment piece, you know, that it has like the healing power within it is just profound. And but anyway, so I had been studying astrology to understand myself better. And uh, I have and actually, oh, since we're on video, oh, shoot. I have it. I left that book up at the office. I, I, I'll pull it up here in a second. There, I have a um, an image that I've shown patients from an anatomy book for years and years. It's a compilation of MRI images that give you a 3D picture of what the ventricles of the brain look like. And the ventricles make cerebral spinal fluid. And I, uh, the next time I pulled that picture out after I had been studying astrology for myself, my, like I nearly fell over because it looks exactly like the ram's horns that represent Aries. And in astrology, Aries rules the head. 
So I'll put this up so everybody can oh my gosh. see. And, you know, so I was in this mindset of having like, oh, that that mythology was a mode of talking about science, you know, and I was like, holy cow, like this is, <laughs> you know, the, you know, this is exactly, uh, you know, in line with that. And so then I was like, well, where's the rest of it? <laughs> mm -hmm. And it works this way the whole way through the body. The way your hyoid bone in your throat sits on top of your larynx looks like the symbol for Taurus and Taurus rules the throat. And the aortic arch is the same shape as the symbol for Leo and Leo rules the heart. And your kidneys sit in your low back like a set of scales. And Libra, who's represented by the sinus, the uh, scales, uh, rules your kidneys. And even beyond that, you, you know, in the United States and some other countries, kidney or scales also represent justice. And the populations in the US with the highest levels of kidney disease also have the highest levels of social injustice. So we really embody social injustice in our kidneys. Like this is big stuff on the collective level. And this is, you know, and so like, I love that big thinking problem solving. Like how can, like, how can we solve that? <laughs> You know, and to get to, you know, and that's why social justice reform is so important because it changes then how you embody it and it will impact physical health. And I think that that will, can be a very measurable, tangible thing. And it works down at the cellular level too. We have intracellular structures that mimic the shapes of the constellations as well. And so I since then have turned this all into a form of energy medicine and I work with people all over the world. And so that's my, my, you know, really what I love. And, you know, or that's my, my drug of choice, <laughs> so, <laughs> creating change through that. And this works with, um, in your businesses too, because for example, in how Aries rules the head and Taurus rules the throat, when your uh, heroics and your desires are at odds with each other, because your hero is your and a warrior, your Aries, and your Taurus is your, throat, your desires, when your heroics and your desires are at odds with each other, it shows up as head and neck dysfunction mm -hmm. and it impairs your vision. And it can do that quite literally on the physical sense. And it can also do it metaphorically. You know, that if you're having a hard time with your, just your vision for your business and your vision um, for your, how you're seeing yourself, even that that's one of the roots of that. And that's also what then compresses your vagus nerve at the base of your skull, because that's one of the six major compression points. That worked better than I have never explained it backwards before. That was great. <laughs> I liked that. <laughs> that was so clear and delicious and amazing and concrete and beautifully interwoven just to to be able to allow the stars within us um to shine the way forward you you wove that so powerfully together um and allowing mm -hmm, yeah my spirit guides are saying allowing the anatomy to be a map like a oh, it's totally a map. It really is. And yeah, I mean, you can integrate the stars into it also. Like, I mean, it can be, it's one of those things like it's, you know, I sometimes call it like my, what I really want to bring forth is this new science. And even though it's not new, I don't think, you know, but this is the way science needs to be studied. This is an aspect that really just brings so many things together and, and connects dots that have seemingly been you know, we're seeming previously seemingly unrelated. And the most fun thing about this for me, and especially in working with entrepreneurs, is that it opens up your own genius. You don't even have to have the physical dysfunction, but it's like the dots start connecting for you. And that's so exciting to see, you know, and I mean, I can, you know, I have good intuition, I can give, give some, you know, like you, I can give some good intuitive guidance for people. But it's most fun to see them figure it out for themselves. <laughs> like that's really uh, much, much better. You know, when, when it, when it all just lines up and they have the big aha. And so this is also a way to open up 
your own genius is I don't think it's relegated to healthcare, you know, health and healthcare related things, though. I think that it's, I mean, that's just my comfort zone and where I've used it. And I think it is very powerful there, but I think there's so much potential for it that I really want my legacy to be the, you know, that I made this very tangible and palpable and, and that it helps make, you know, what I find is that it doesn't compete with other systems and other information and ways of doing things. It makes them better. You know, that it amplifies whatever's already happen, happening. So you don't have to really give up any of your beliefs or, you know, like it just sort of fits. It doesn't require a particular um, thought pattern or uh, or belief system for it to work because it just is. It's the original language of your body. And if you don't like it, that's fine. You know, like you're the, uh, you know, when I you know, now I'm old enough that when I get somebody that comes to me and they tell me the story of their pain and how it's been this persistent, you know, and they've been doing all this stuff and, you know, or they come back to me and, uh, you know, be like, well, I didn't do my exercises or whatever. And I'm like, well, tell me how well that's working for you. <laughs> it's like, yes, time you were, <laughs> you know, because you were amazing when I saw you last time. And, you did and so it's, you know, so like, I'm just like, you know, I've been around the block enough times, you know, to, that I'm comfortable calling people out on that. But there is, you know, but, we're, but we all do that insanity. Like we all do the same thing over and over expecting a different result and not dealing with really what's under that. And that's a huge problem because I, we know medically that stress is 75 to 90% of all disease and dysfunction, but we don't talk very specifically about what stress really is. You know, the Jungian psychologists probably do it more than anyone else I know you know, in psychology field in general, but even still it's, you know, what's happening in your life currently isn't often the issue. It's how it's stacked on top of all of the old stuff. That's really the problem. And if you don't get to the root of it, you make healing really and transformation really hard. And we are all masters of making it so much harder than it needs to be. And that's what I really love about this is it just makes it so easy that it, it takes out a lot of the resistance and kind of cleans the windshield and just makes it much clearer about what needs to happen. Oh, it's so crystal clear. And like the, the body is such a wonderful gateway for making things concrete. Um, for us as like, I know for me as a healer, my body has been the number one teacher and the number one attention grabber. And what I love is with your methodology, you're basically embracing that and pulling us back into a deeper knowledge that I believe like you're remembering things. Like from the minute I met you, Melanie, I really feel like you're remembering. And whenever I say that word, my spirit guides show me an image of like, members being returned back to a disability. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you will love to know that remembering is the working title for my book, Rehyphen Membering, <laughs> that I'm working on right now. So it's the, <laughs> it, it may not be the fit, the, I don't, you know, we'll see how it goes. That, that was the one that pulled the best that people liked. I'm tempted to call it embody your star as well, but we'll see. But the remembering concept is a huge theme throughout the whole book. And I, tell my story very much through the lens of the Egyptian myth of Isis and Osiris. Mm -hmm. And the short version of that story is that Osiris was the king of Egypt and his brother Set was jealous and angry and wanted to be king. And so he tricked Osiris into laying down in a bejeweled coffin, had his soldiers nail the lid and carry him to the Nile River to send him downstream to his death. Osiris's wife Isis found out about that and she retrieved his body, took him to a cave and breathed new life back into him. And then Set found out about that and he was furious. And so he chopped, he found Osiris and chopped his body into pieces and scattered the pieces down the Nile River. Isis retrieved all of his pieces, took him back to the cave. She was able to find everything except for his phallus and for that she made a new one. And she brought him back to life long enough to conceive their divine child, Horus. And then Osiris went on to be king of the underworld, which for the Egyptians was where all life came from and all treasures were found. 
And we use dismemberment metaphors in our language all the time. We're say, we say we're falling apart. We can't get it together. Our hearts are broken. Our lives are shattered. And the gift in stress and trauma is that you can't be the same person that you were before. And where, like, I always thought that my destiny was to be a highly credentialed physical therapist, that I'd have my PhD, I'd work in academia, or, you know, that it would be something along those lines. And really, my calling is to be much more of a highly credentialed high priestess. And I had to let go of so much I thought I knew about myself and so much I believed about myself to really step into that. And, you know, and that's just such a, you know, but like I looking back, you know, on my life 15 or 20 years ago, I wouldn't trade that for anything. Like if you had asked me then that I'd be teaching cosmology based or like Jungian based physical therapy, I would say, no, <laughs> that's not anything that I, that I can see for myself, but uh, you know, it, it's glorious and it's the, you know, and I think it shows how much really the, like the universe has your back. Yeah. Oh, and quite literally, like nothing like a, an amazing cosmic PT to show you exactly how the universe has your back down to the anatomy. And uh, this makes me curious though, like what was was there a moment where you had the epiphany of like going from PT to priestess? Like, what, what wow. is there a story there? How did you? How did you yeah, that? well, out kind of woven into the one that I told about the my life falling apart and coming back together. In the when I was kind of in the throes of everything, one of my friends who sees auras told me that my aura was purple, and I said, "Well, what does that mean?" And he probably said a lot of things. What I heard was royalty. And I was like, oh, I'm the queen. <laughs> like that was. <laughs> and <That's> excellent. <laughs> and but and what I ended up doing was really creating this vision of myself with the crown and a big royal cape. And I realized that I'm the only person that can take off my crown. And that I get to wear my big royal cape and take up all the space that it takes up. And that I will always have to dance with other people's energies, but I never have to shrink. And I had historically really been a shrinker. And that evolved into seeing myself a little more as the queen high priestess, you know, that it became sort of a robe. And then last year, the I found the priestess has a magician's outfit underneath her robe. <laughs> and so it's very layered and it evolves and, you know, and I, I ask all of my clients what their soul looks like. And, you know, I say, if you're going to dress your soul, what does he or she wear? And it's so powerful on so many levels. It's amazing at getting people to change their movement patterns. One of the things that I've spent uh, one of the benefits of decompressing the vagus nerve is that it gives you better shock absorption. You know, when I, when you get somebody that's say that's had back pain, you know, and especially back pain for any length of time, their biomechanics are abnormal at their big toes, their ankles, their knees, their hips, their rib cage, their neck and their skull. Like, you know, and so the back is really taking a beating for what's not happening above and below it, you know, there's no shock absorption. And I would say if you don't have physical shock absorption, you probably are lacking some spiritual shock absorption too, that there's a belief piece that needs to change with that. And the, now I lost where I was going to go with the spirit, with the shock absorption piece, priestess shock absorption. Um, I'm sorry. I know it. <laughs> Somewhere I was gonna go with that. Do it. But it's but anyway, so these oh oh, but the beautiful thing about the vagus nerve is that so it gives you so you can like decompress the vagus nerve sometimes at the base of the skull and they'll get their entire shock absorption back. And that soul walking, you know, and then so I spend a lot of time teaching people to walk softly. And I've done this for years because the research 
shows that walking softly or like jumping softly, things like that reduce your injury risk, you know, and some people are like elephants and you know exactly who's walking down the hall, you know, from very far away because of how hard they're stepping, you know, and other people are like ninjas and suddenly they appear behind you. And, but you cannot tell me that the, well, I'll say, so in the research, the research overwhelmingly shows that in people over 60, you can, that imaging and, and pain are very poorly correlated. You can have a crappy joint, a crappy spine and not have back pain. Like mm -hmm. it's not like their image, it's, it just doesn't correlate at all. And so, but you can't tell me that the person that's been pounding at four or five times their body weight in walking, which is way more than you would really want to when you're just walking on a level surface, has fewer problems than the person that, or fewer, less perceived pain than the person that's been walking more softly over the years. So I spend a lot of time getting people to walk softly. And the, uh, and, but it's hard to change those habits. But when I tell somebody to like go walk like their inner being, it changes everything and it's fun and they do it. <laughs> like, you know, like they don't come back to me and say, oh, I forgot to do my exercise or I didn't do my homework. They're like, that was amazing. It feels so great to embody my inner being, you know? And like when I have my right hip is a, has been a chronically tight place for me and that, you know, and, and uncomfortable at times. And when I walk and run like the high priestess, it doesn't bother me at all. So it's very, you know, the imagery and the story is very powerful. And the neuroscience of story is amazing. Like we should be leveraging story. And I just learned recently that uh, there's a professor at Columbia that's doing this whole thing called narrative medicine. And I, like, so my goal is I was like, that <laughs> is right where I belong is in the narrative medicine department. <laughs> and so it is. Oh my gosh. So the, like, what a powerful reframe and to to bring that power of story into the body and shifting how we are using this this temple this meat puppet simply by changing the way that we are telling ourselves about what it's like to be inside of it i'm like okay yeah i'm just walking versus i'm walking like the high priestess that yeah. I it's so powerful. I recently had a 16 year old girl with anxiety and I felt like her vagus nerve was compressed at the level of her heart. And I I've seen a lot of people with anxiety and depression, even hallucinations, which is not my normal, like <laughs> a PT wheelhouse really at all. But the, my, this vagus nerve compression work has been, it, it just, it's so incredibly humbling. It blows me away at the power, power of change that it really holds. But this girl was, uh, I felt like she was mostly compressed at her heart and that it had to do with like her Leo energy and her heart wasn't quite right. And I asked her to roar like her lion and she said, I can't like, she started to give her lion, a, you know, a voice and, and she, um, and so we worked on just making sounds and And I had her walk like Sekhmet, like a lion headed goddess, you know, as, you know, and, and then her lion was able to roar and she like, and I saw her for two sessions and her mom texted me a little bit later and was like, Melanie, she's completely, she's not having any symptoms at all. And if she gets, you know, if she feels a little bit coming on, she knows exactly what to do. She's like, I can't thank you enough, <laughs> you know? And that's like, that's amazing. Like, and to be able to, you know, 16 year olds are the best at using the imagery. They do it so much better than the adults do. <laughs> But it's so much, um, you know, like that's pretty amazing to be able to take, you know, a child that was really having, like thought she couldn't breathe very often because she was so anxious, you know, which then makes you more panicked to, <laughs> because you can't breathe and legitimately so, you know, that's an awful feeling that none of us want to experience. But to really just get her to see her, you know, part of it was getting her to see herself on a bigger scale but you can really give you can work with these archetypes to give them voice and to give to give them life and to find out what's going on with them within you 
And one of my students that I taught this past year has been really brilliantly using this work with people that have had uh, quite significant trauma. And she's able to walk them through these guided imagery uh, meditations where they're able to process their trauma without being re-traumatized, mm -hmm. which is huge. So many of our interventions just re-traumatize oh. us. And, you know, and I've been, you know, she's just taken it to another level. You know, that's her population and what she's doing. You know, I don't, I'm moving more into the business space and, and the performance end of stuff, but this, there's so many beautiful applications of this in different areas. And, you know, and I love the fact that she was able to take it and do something super magical with it that, you know, and to help people at a level that they've also not been previously able to find help, you know, and it is just the, you know, because it's that original language and it's, it, you know, imagery in general, well, I'll say the verbal parts of our brain operate at about 40,000 bits per second the nonverbal parts of our brain operate at 11 million bits per second. So when you can get out of the verbal parts of things, and I think words are really important, but I think we just use them. They can also be very limiting, you know, like they're, uh, and, and our English alphabet is not coded the way that ancient languages were like Hebrew and Sanskrit and Aramaic. And so, uh, you know, I don't think it, I, I think it, you know, there's just, there's always the potential for limitation, but I think it by, hems us in more than it helps us sometimes. Mm, totally. I feel so strongly that like the cutting edge of leadership, right. Or the cutting edge, of let's say, um, personal growth and development and all of that. I feel that the cutting edge of that is nested deep in the past, <laughs> right? In ancient practices, right? Indigenous practices, bringing more of that shamanic mindset, right? Or that nature-based approach to processing and, and mm -hmm. being so deeply interconnected to ourselves as well as our world and our cosmos around us, the more that we're connected and you're connecting people in to that on such a deep level. And it, for me, as I witness you and just, oh my gosh, ride the waves of fabulousness. Like, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes, you're my hero. Yes, go do the things. Yes. Right. As, as I ride the waves of fabulousness, I feel so deeply confirmed. And I've had a very long suspicion that the cutting edge is in our ancient past and just merging lost wisdoms like i have uh visions of like the the burning of alexandria right that just the, so much wisdom and science that was lost but is being remembered yeah well i mean every ancient tradition basically teaches that the answer is within and you know we look externally for all of these solutions and you know on a very practical level you know part of what i help people do is to model their businesses after the vagus nerve that we you know to use biomimicry that you really like the answer is with it <laughs> you know and to me your your vagus nerve is the equivalent of the mycelium network of the earth that connects all of the trees and plants together and it's like the laniakea supercluster of the sky of which our milky way galaxy is one little teeny tiny dot and so it's, you know, but I think it's such a, the vagus nerve is so powerful in that way. And because it innervates our voices and it innervates our hearts and it innervates our digestive system and our businesses all have hearts and voices and nutrient absorption and elimination systems. And that you can really build this out and map this out along with the archetypal stress, you know, the archetypal balance points like I said, like we talked about earlier, like heroics versus desires and whatnot. And, um, and that's just so, uh, it's, it's always fun and mind blowing and powerful. And it's part of how I've gotten my business to have a bigger reach too. And I so appreciate you inviting me on your podcast. And I recently started my own too, but podcast, this 
podcasting for me has been incredibly healing because my childhood trauma is all about lost voice. Mm -hmm. So as I get my lost voice, you know, as I've found it and as I disseminate it, it's just mind blowing the magic that happens in my own life. And so it's really, uh, you know, I'm so grateful for this opportunity and it's, um, uh, you know, and I would just love for people to really connect what their childhood wound is to what they're doing, (laughs) uh, later in their life, because for me, the voice was the last frontier of the vagus nerve for myself because speech language pathologists get voice issues, you know, physical therapists don't get voice issues. But I think about like all the people I treated that had neck dissections and, uh, you know, neck surgeries and stuff like that, you know, where I didn't really like the, like the larynx was right there, (laughs) but, you know, but I never really addressed it, even though I certainly could have, but it was just, you know, it was the last thing I figured out. it all goes as well you know we're and we're all very very slow learners you know i think having a lot of compassion for yourself in the process is really important and you just get it when you're ready to get it mm-hmm. totally and i really feel that that is so poignant now um having that compassion and also being open to linking the childhood wound to what's coming up now, yes, in the business. Because like here on the Journey from Your Podcast, people can be listening in, right? Amazing visionary entrepreneurs and leaders who are doing their best to stay in the game and not give up. And, you know, there are times when we could throw in the towel, right? We get that invitation mm-hmm. uh, to do it. But to your point, Melanie, that being open to that that aspect of compassion, right? Being compassionate, but also rooting into even how is this the childhood wound like expressing? Being open to handing that the mic, right? And 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 listening to it might have seen it a million billion times with our clients, right? Or with our kids. Oh, totally. Yeah. Well, and storytelling, you know, is ancient healing medicine and every time you tell your story no i mean i know this with myself and i didn't even you know i didn't get into the nitty gritty mess of what it was here but but every time i've told my story i it takes the charge out of it it takes its power away and gives me the opportunity to rewrite it and reprogram myself and to make different choices we're all so incredibly clever one of my favorite stories is from a client who was, uh, her mother had been addicted to prescription pain medication and had passed away by the time I worked with her. And so she was, had told me about that. And then she starts telling me about, she landed this amazing job. It was great on paper, but she was miserable in it. And there are all these things going on at work. And she used the same language to describe her mother that she used to describe her job. And when I pointed that out, it really blew her mind. You know, she had gone to work for her mother. She had repeated this pattern. Mother was no longer alive to have this dynamic with. So she just found it in the form of an employer. And, you know, that was really enlightening for her to connect. You know, we're very clever about how we repeat our patterns, you know, and how that childhood trauma works its way into, <laughs> into our adulthood. <laughs> it's crazy how it sneaks in there. Right. And it takes um, the sacred mirror, right, as uh, my friend Alex Gray would say, it takes the sacred mirror of someone reflecting that back and being like, yeah, how about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. Well, and it takes and it takes you have to be really brave and vulnerable to even be willing to see it because a lot of people, you know, it, it would have been an easy thing to brush off or that was, you know, that's some abstract thinking that you're going to go, Oh no, there's not, I'm not working for my mother <laughs> in this, you know, I'm not, that's not, how, that's not possible. That could only happen between me and someone else, not me and a, an entity. Yeah. yeah. And so there's, and it takes having the right level of support to have the courage to be that open and to, to plunge into that. Yeah. Uh, 
like I believe that there's a lot of compression that well we're um, domesticated into maintaining over the course of our lives and then to on this path of expansion right especially as conscious entrepreneurs we're like orienting to expansion okay i'm working for my i'm working towards a purpose or a mission etc so i'm going to orient towards expansion and all right in order to show up for that expansion i have to be you know the highest version of myself or the most expressed version of myself so it's a wonderful built-in orientation the more that we're called to that expansion i i believe in i mean you tell me i believe that it's really important for us to find the support that maintains that expansion lest it collapse to me yeah no absolutely well and i think that realizing well i love this topic and let me know if we're like if i need to it's like if we are good on to don't worry we're good we're good on time okay the so i would say that the root of all dysfunction is resisting your expansion in an ever expanding universe that there and this really hit me over the head i live in new orleans and when they were taking down the confederate statues i drove past the the jeff i drove past the jefferson davis statue four times a day taking my children to and from school and the people that were protesting during school hours all had canes and walkers and wheelchairs and motorized scooters and oxygen tanks and surgical masks and like you've never seen so much hospital equipment in one place outside of a hospital and i get you know and it was really just like i wish i had stopped to take pictures because it was just it was so incredibly striking that it was like it was almost like absurd that it you know, the, for it to be that it was that, um, the density of all of that. And it was so interesting to me that these people that wanted to keep this solid piece of metal or rock that does, you know, that literally doesn't expand, you know, in <clears throat> and stands in one place, that they were also so visibly ill on the outside. And I think in terms of like how it works with ourselves, I think it's the way I like to frame it is I think the, the ultimate compression point is between who we are on the inside and how we show up. And that's really where you're looking for alignment. And there are many systems you can use to kind of tease that out. I think that's the value of everything from Enneagram to astrology, you know, Vedic astrology, you know, that all these different kind of self-awareness systems and there are other ones i know that are used in business very regularly you know that they give you that you know they start to kind of give you those uh to get you in touch with those compression points or kind of like how your wiring is versus how you're showing up i took one recently and i tested it as a, as a rebel and i was like i'm not really a rebel and then i was like oh yeah i am <laughs> <laughs> but i've but i've you know i have really I, I, you know, I have, uh, I squashed that for a long time, you know, like that's really a piece of, you know, I mean, I get it. I totally get it, but that's, uh, you know, but so then learning to kind of like not suppress my rebel is like, it's actually a different thing for me than learning to just like not suppress my voice, mm. you know, to be able to give that, you know, that rebel some voice and, uh, yeah, but I think it, it's that internal, external, you know, or how you're showing up versus, you know, your what's happening on your inside that I think creates any compression point, ultimately. And the biggest thing that I've learned for myself is to just bring all of yourself to the table. You know, we're all so good about it. You know, I mean, medicine does you know does this lot you know that you leave your home stuff at home and you know work stuff at work and i get compartmentalization and you know certainly people that are doing trauma medicine and things like that that's you know you need compartmentalization to to do the job well but you're i will still say that even in the midst of that that when you bring that you bringing all of yourself to the table is really when the miracles happen and i learned that working with somebody that came to me with an acute onset of hallucinations and i didn't I, I all i knew is that i couldn't turn him away 
at the moment and I thought, okay, I'll get him set up with a psychiatrist and I'll decompress his vagus nerve and we'll, uh, and at the, you know, and so I did my technical work. I gave him a mediumship reading that blew me away too. <laughs> that was good. I was like, you know, cause I don't do, I can do that, but I don't do that as a regular part of my practice. And I gave him a really beautiful, uh, uh, an intuitive reading that was really meaningful to him. And at the end of our 90 minutes, 90% of his hallucinations were gone. And I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> you know, I did like, I really just thought I was going to like calm him down and, you know, get him set up with some other appointments. And what I really, and he texted me later that night and he said, Melanie, you saved my life and not in the cute kind of way, because he was literally planning to kill himself mm -hmm. that night if what I did didn't help him. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't even have words for how that sits in my body, you know, or, in, and, and just like, you know, to think about like, and like, and how much power that like medicine is missing out on and that we're all missing out on, you know, and clearly the universe had his back, like the universe was totally conspiring to help him. And I, you know, in that session, I spent a lot of time with my hand on the back of his heart. Mm. And that is one of the vagus nerve compression points that I often treat. Uh, and I'll often combine that, um, you know, and this is a good thing for, you know, tying back to people, you know, that like feel like they're giving up. There's a, uh, so as part of the exercise that I do for this, I'll have people inhale into the backside of their heart. So often, and I'll often put, you know, for my people that are with me in person, I'll put my hand there often just so that they, um, you know, it's a nice cue because it's a weird, we're not used to breathing there. And, <laughs> And when, uh, and so I'll have it, so I'll have them inhale into the backside of their heart and I have a specific way that I do this, but I'll, when I do it, I'll say, there's a, tell them about this Andean proverb that says that your future is behind you, propelling you forward and your past is in front of you waiting for you to make peace with it and clear your way. And so as you breathe into the back of your heart to really breathe your future into you and that's where you bring magic into truth you bring it from behind you to show up as truth in front of you and i think that that is um you know when things really seem uh like you're about to give up and they seem unclear i think breathing into your the back side of your heart is one of the best things that you can do for yourself to get your own clarity and to really bring forth um uh, the next thing, and I'll tell you, this works very, you know, for like, and it's always beautiful to combine the story, but it works like there's just so much concrete anatomical and physiological <laughs> reasoning behind it too. That, And I've done this so much with people with anxiety and depression and whatnot that I really, um, uh, you, know, you know, it's just like, I just can't emphasize how important and how powerful it is to uh, to, to really breathe into the backside of your body and the backside of your heart and that, you know, and to know that to really feel the support, the universe has your back. You don't have to go chasing your future out in front of you. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is so magical, especially with uh, how we tend to have so much of an anterior tilt in our lives to be able to get that other 50% of, of all of our power activating it goddess like i literally you are taking me to church yes i am sure i had a number of lifetimes as the as the head of a church or the uh oh, the yeah. uh the exorcism specialist <laughs> within the church but one included apparently <laughs> oh my god like i'm gonna i'm gonna have to have you back because like this is so you've got so much juice to give goddess i'm gonna i'm gonna have to call you back because oh I, I would love that tip of the iceberg here i i could talk to you all day long <laughs> so much fun <laughs> if you were a bathtub i am so Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Yay. Okay. So like, 
with with that uh for all my people who are listening right now i'll be like oh my god i'm like i want more of this like and i also want to know more about my own cosmology melanie where are we going to of course support you to connect to learn more like to endorse where are we going you can find everything you need to know at embodyyourstar.com and it will give you a free vagus nerve decompression course it'll email you a different one there's lots of little download goodies um that go with it and my social media is all embody your star so you can look for me on instagram facebook and twitter that way but all of that information is there and reach out to me my i am not hard to find my contact information is all there so please if you have any questions send me an email right now and that was embodyyourstar.com all one word yes all one word yep all righty goddess thank you so much i don't want to end this <laughs> I, know. I don't <laughs> want to because i'm like just like an incredible ocean of fabulous that i just love swimming in uh and so just thank you so much for sharing so abundantly and also embodying your high priestess it is um taking us all higher right mm, thank you so much thank you for seeing me i know i feel most loved when i'm seen so and heard so i appreciate that so much absolutely Yay. so i'm going to turn this over now to our listeners and viewers if this is your first time tuning into the journeypreneur podcast hi thanks for stopping by make sure you hit subscribe on itunes if you're an apple user so that you get notifications first every time we upload new episodes while you're there on itunes please leave us a five-star review because that's where the comments box is this is episode 168 and talk about storytelling i want to hear every single juicy bit that melanie said like that landed what did she say that really struck you exactly where you needed it today in particular to give you that juice that inspiration to stay on your path and by the way we're not just showing love to the apple users i all my android loves thank you for your support as well go ahead and subscribe at journeypreneur.podbean.com so that you can follow us along on the journey and leave your comments and reviews there as well thank you everyone for your support your reviews do several things. One, they let me know what are you interested in, right? So this helps me to best craft this podcast to support you. Number two, it also, your endorsement tells other journeypreneurs like you that this is a fabulous spot to come, right? To receive inspiration and nourishment to stay on the path. And last but not least, it refills my cup so that I've got juice to continue to support you. So thank you for all of your love. So with that, I'm going to bring this podcast episode to an end the same way that we do every single time. Please remember to enjoy the journey. Do not lose your glow as you grow in life and business. And we'll see you in the next podcast episode. Bye, everyone. <laughs>